Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. When Michelle was in Bristol, Adnan Verk was there. Adnan's now with DAZN and MLB Network, MLB Network and NHL Network. He is a busy man and joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. Adnan, good to have you with us. How are you doing? To be with you for the first time. And of course, always a pleasure to reunite with my girl, Michelle. I hope you guys are staying safe and staying sane these days. Uh, sane is relative, Adnan, as you know, but I hope that you've been safe and sane as well. So, okay, obviously we've got this this owners and, and you know baseball showdown. We need to talk about this. There's so many tentacles to the story. But the first question that I want to ask you is when you read about the owner's proposal, did you think it was a reasonable first step? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think first step is key what you said, Michelle. Like we, we know in life there's always going to be negotiation. Nobody ever accepts our first proposal, and um, certainly, you know, it was going to be a challenge to try to get this thing done in terms of the salaries, the way that they're already been determined. I mean, you know, originally you'd say, well, guys going to get $10 million. Fine, we're going to play 82 games, so prorate it, cut it in half, $5 million. But, of course, as, as Tom Verducci, one of my colleagues at MLB Network, had pointed out, when it comes to revenue from concessions and parking and all that kind of stuff, merchandising, that's probably about 35 to 40% of revenue. So I guess you then have to tell the players, okay, well, listen, you got to take a 35 to 40% cut from that prorated salary that we just determined. So, you know, obviously players are going to be reluctant. They're going to say, well, hang on a second. Yeah, okay, I'll take something of a cut. I'm not playing as many games, but I'm still the one taking the risk. You know, we don't know the long-term effects of, uh, of what this illness is. We don't know, especially, you know, how it could spread like wildfire, et cetera. It's very contagious. So it, it's definitely challenges back and forth. But I do, I do get the owner's perspective of, hey, listen, we can't just cut the salary in half because we're losing another 40% of revenue from the fans and concessions, et cetera. So now I get the fact that players will probably come back with something else. I mean, I just read the athletic Ken Rosenthal was saying, but you know, players obviously are not going to be happy with this proposal. So fingers crossed, we'll, we'll work it out. But I, I definitely see it from all sides. I definitely get it from the owners. You're not getting as much money as you would normally. And I obviously, I see it from the players perspective as well. Hey, we're the ones that are going to be playing. We're the ones trying to heal the nation. We still want to get compensated, and uh, obviously they're taking that risk with their families as well. Adnan Verk with us from DAZN and MLB Network and NHL Network, and I'm with you. But I also look at the the facts and that owners last year, the revenues overall were $10.7 billion. Players made $4 billion. So relatively speaking, without fans, without concessions, without presumably as many jerseys being purchased at team stores, a 50-50 split seems reasonable to me. Yeah, I, I think so, Randy, because when you look at it, ultimately you say, hey, listen, we're nobody's really kind of making money in this situation. Of course, they'll make some money, but this isn't like, you know, normally you could look at all things in life and say it's a profit-making venture. But, but I think in this instance, baseball really is trying to be as genuine and sincere in the concept of, hey, we're trying to heal the nation. Like in times past, that may sound hokey, but I think 
the three of us are certainly baseball lovers. Anybody else who loves the game knows it. So we really need the sport right now. I mean, there are those who will say that sports are unnecessary. And generally speaking, I would probably be agreeing with you that it's a, you know, a distraction, a necessary distraction, but it's not like life and death, of course. But I think in this instance, like people really are starving for some sports content. They could really use some baseball. And we've seen in times of duress, whether it's World Wars, whether it's 9-11, that baseball can really be a healing mechanism. I mean, even Governor Cuomo, we have, I mean, we live here in North Jersey. So I'm watching the New York mayor, New York governor's briefings all the time. And he said, listen, I even called the Wilpons. Like, hey, anything I can do to let you know, like, let's get baseball going. Like, this isn't even a, a political issue. This is just people saying, We'd just love to have this back to help combat cabin fever, to give people some optimism, some hope, something to do, something to watch. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, it sounds about as old-fashioned as it gets, Randy. Let's just play a game 50-50. I mean, <laughs> I, I wish it was that simple. I, mean, I hope it works, but, I mean, uh, I do think – I will say this. I think the players will come back to the proposal, but I do think it happens. Because could you imagine if, if all indications are the country is opening up – and, again, you can argue whether or not that's smart or not when you look at science in different states, et cetera – if you looked at most of the country opening up and baseball was on the precipice of coming back, but they couldn't come to a, a decision on the revenue, I mean, that would be a really, really tough pill to swallow for fans. I Absolutely. And then Randy and I were just talking about that in the break. And I said, I think there's going to be a lot of people that if this w- didn't get done and there wasn't a season because of money, there'd be a lot of fans out there that would never forgive baseball for this. And when No you, question. Well, my question to you is, do you think that if it, if, if it didn't happen, the players or the owner owners would catch more of the ire from Americans, from the baseball fans out there. It's interesting, Michelle. I used to always think that people are generally more player-friendly. I think generally speaking, you say, well, hang on a second. He's the guy playing the game. He's the one who deserves it. But it's strange. When I talk to most fans, it's, it's weird. It's because I think they see the players, and because they feel connected to them and they see the money more, they actually go anti-player more, right? Because they have, like, fantasy teams. They go, I can't believe that bum made $8 million. He cost my fans, et cetera, et cetera. He's not worth it, blah, blah, blah. You know, if you're a Tigers fan, you go, God, Miguel Cabrera used to be great, but I can't believe we owe him this much money over this many years. It's weird because you don't see the owner's pockets, right? You don't see exactly how much the Lerner family makes. You don't see all the money the Steinbrenners make. You don't see – you don't hear those numbers. You don't say, okay, this year the Yankees generated X amount of money. But with the players – you always know, and especially in the case when a guy's struggling, like Chris Davis, the Orioles, everyone breaks it down. So it's like, you know, he's getting $54,000 per strikeout, and you just embarrass the guy. So I actually think if it didn't come together, Michelle, I think people would be more mad at the players. They'd say, you know what? You guys make so much money. I get the fact that this year you're not going to make as much money as normally you would, but guess what? Unemployment's at 15%. You know, I can't pay my mortgage. I can't run my small business, for God's sakes. All you're being asked to do is play baseball and your social distancing, generally speaking, within the sport. Like, seriously, you guys can't come back to this? I think people would be really angry at the players. That's just my feeling on it. And then part of this that we haven't talked about is the proposal to have essentially a 35-man roster where they would roll in as many as 50 players for a team. This seems to me, with the Cardinals, Cardinals probably have 20, 21 major league quality pitchers. It seems like the Cardinals, the Yankees, the Dodgers that have a lot of players would seem to really benefit in a scenario like this if this the, the roster setup winds up being close to what the owners are proposing. Yeah, that's a good point, Randy. I mean, I've heard some people saying, oh, there's going to be a dilution of talent, but I'm with you. I think if you looked at... Most major league teams, you say, okay, look at your 24, and that's going to be 25-man roster. Obviously, they were going to get rid of the call-ups this year. Clearly, karma raising its head. No, no, you're not going to get rid of the call-ups right away. We're going to make extra players for the entire year. But I think if you look at the team's depth, this really is a, a, an indication of how strong their front office is, 
when it comes to scouting, when it comes to player development. Because now if you're a top-heavy team and you feel like, all right, 1 through 10 were great, but 10 through 50 were not, well, then this might bite you in the butt come when the season goes. Even if it's only an 82-game season, you can't just have a bunch of thoroughbreds. You've got to have a team that's got some discipline and guys that are able to kind of measure the way they go. And specifically to St. Louis and the Yankees, the Dodgers, et cetera, you're right. Pitching is going to be critical because, you know, if this second spring training starts around June 10th, they give these guys three weeks. I mean, I'm sure some pitchers are going to say, listen, this is still not enough. I, I just got going for a, a month and a half, and all of a sudden you shut me down for three months. I can't just be in three weeks magically ready to go. So I agree that pitching is going to be interesting. But, again, just like with COVID-19, we're all dealing with it. So every team that's going to say, man, this stinks, our pitching is getting worn out, or this just isn't fair, this is a condensed schedule. Listen, we're all dealing with it. So all the players and teams will be dealing with those same disadvantages, and it will be the teams that have more depth of talent that will be able to rise and be successful. And now one of the storylines around baseball for, I mean, at least the last 10 years was about the national popularity of the sport. How do we capture the young fan? Why is baseball so much of a regional sport and not a national sport? And then heading into 2020, you had the Astros cheating scandal and everyone was talking about baseball. And one of the things we said was this could be kind of a crossroads for the sport because so many people are going to be tuned in on a national level to see what happens to the Astros. And I don't wonder if baseball, I know there's so many issues right now in the micro view of things but I don't wonder if baseball takes a step back and they look at this from a macro perspective and they say if we get this done and we're the first sport to come back imagine how we would endear ourselves to the national sports fan I mean when you look at the the ratings for the last dance people are craving any sort of sports content and if baseball does come back I don't wonder if this is kind of a turning point for baseball as a whole in regards to popularity I couldn't agree more, Michelle. I, I think people are absolutely right, and you're right about the last dance. I, I think it's a good documentary. I don't think it's sensational. I don't think it's as good as you know the OJ doc that ESPN did, et cetera. But to your point, everyone's just dying for something. If you're a sportsman, you're okay. Well, hey, from nine to eleven on Sunday night, I'm going to get some sports content that feels relatively fresh, even though it's 22, 25, 30 years ago. Well, hey, it feels fresh to me because you're right. Otherwise, there's only so many old games you can watch. There's only so much stuff you can do. So, you know, UFC numbers, I think, were big for Saturday night, even though it was a different environment, obviously with no fans there. You know, I personally would be watching NASCAR on Sunday, May 17th <laughs> coming up, because why not? You know what? Hey, I, I can enjoy left turns with the rest of them. I'll get a couple cracks. I'm sure. I just saw Premier League's coming back June 1st. I'm like, you know what? My mom grew up in England. Great. I'll be watching some English soccer, even though I normally would. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people like me who are going to say, listen, I'll watch whatever. And there's going to be casual baseball fans or guys who were and gals who were baseball fans as kids and then didn't follow the sport when they got older. Maybe they got embittered by the strike. Maybe just life changes. They're going to go, you know what? I'm going to get back into baseball because there's nothing else going on. And I'd love to watch some sports. And God, I could use a break from reality and all the sadness and suffering that people are going through. So I think that is a prime motivator, Michelle. I think the owners all said, listen, we could really be important in two levels here. One, on a selfless level. One, we can really help the psyche of the nation. And two, on a more selfish level, listen, we can get fans back. There's no question. We've got no competition, generally speaking, in the summer anyways. In July and August, all you're dealing with is, you know, a little bit of golf and obviously tennis with Wimbledon. Well, now there's nothing. I mean, it's just us. NFL mini camps will probably be delayed, et cetera. So I think you're right. I think this could be huge for the sport if they're the first ones to come back. We've got some compelling baseball when there's nothing else on. So with that being the case, we've consumed an awful lot of entertainment over the last couple of months. For people that aren't aware of it, uh, 
Adnan Burke is North America's preeminent cinephile. Yes. You know movies better than anybody. So if somebody is looking for entertainment, uh, the, the top three movies of this century that you would advise somebody to watch it that they hopefully haven't seen yet. Well, I'm so proud of Michelle for guiding our friend Steve Sudi to finally watch Goodfellas because it's one of the greatest movies of all time. And uh, I, I'm not going to crush Steve because I, people always do it. They go, I can't believe you've ever seen that. But listen, life is busy. I mean, I get the fact not everybody has a chance to watch everything. Uh, I myself have used the quarantine to find a lot of old movies that I've always wanted to watch but never had the time. So I myself have clicked off Hitchcock's North by Northwest. Brian De Palma's Carrie. I just watched Ace in the Hole, which is a great Kirk Douglas movie. So I myself have found the time to watch a lot of great, great movies that I'd never really seen before. I still got Lawrence of Arabia to tackle at some point. But as far as this century is concerned, you know, it's interesting, Randy, when you look at this era of movies, you know, I think the 90s movies were really great. You know, I don't think you really go wrong with a lot of 90s movies. It was just so strong. It really had a, a strong sensibility about them. But as far as movies from the century, you know, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri is a great film. Uh, people, I don't know if they saw it as much. Certainly got Academy Award recognition with Francis McDormand and Sam Rockwell. But that's a great movie from a few years ago. That went toe-to-toe with The Shape of Water, which was very polarizing, <laughs> but a movie that I also loved. I've been praising The Irishman, of course, which is available on Netflix. Nobody can say they don't have the time right now. Yes, it's long, but it's meant to be a long movie. It's about, you know, the passage of time and a very melancholy look at these gangsters and you know, very much a no country for old men, if you will, in terms of mobsters and looking back at their mob life. So I think The Irishman, Three Billboards is a great one. And I'll tell you this, I know people love watching, binge-watching shows. And because of the dearth of new movies coming out, I myself binge-watched, and I'm ashamed to admit I was very late to the party. But Succession on HBO is sensational. I mean, that came out a couple of years ago. And the first season is good. The second season is marvelous. So if you're a binge-watcher, I know that's very popular these days. Uh, Succession is one I can't recommend enough. It's, it's very much... Um, a kind of a, I wouldn't even say a parody, but it's a satirical look at something like the Murdoch family, you know, a King Lear type show. Brian Cox is this guy who's got this huge largesse, like a Fox News, Disney type empire, and he's trying to give it away to one of his kids. It's, it's fantastic. You are always so fun to have on the show. We should make this a more regular occurrence because we love hearing from you. You have a lot of knowledge, a lot of insight, and you're a renaissance man. Oh, I appreciate that. I'm sure my wife would disagree. If you see me in the kitchen or doing anything domestic, I, I flail miserably. But if it's sports and moves, we tend to do okay. Right. And then take care. Thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you soon. Randy, a pleasure. Michelle, always good to reconnect. Take care, guys. See you later. Adnan Verk, you'll be able to see him on DAZN once we start playing again. MLB Network, MLB Network Radio, and NHL Network, too. And just a, a good guy.